0: And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in News Talk 953, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. <sighs> what is it? Thursday? Is it Thursday? Oh man, we're almost through this. We are almost through this. We got so many things going on this weekend. Got Mother's Day and all that stuff and and um, you know, I just wanted to take a moment. I just wanted to thank all of the nurses who didn't do TikToks and actually did their job during the pandemic and stuff. I know that like 80% of you did TikToks, but the rest of you who actually did work, I really want to say that I appreciate your efforts. And it sucks that St. Joseph County Health Systems is cutting your pay. We're going to start light and we're going to work our way up. There's an email that has been provided to realnewsmichiana.com describing pay cuts coming to nurses at the St. Joseph Health Systems. <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, You're heroes. Heroes work here. Oh, my God. Oh, you won't get the vaccine? You're fired. Oh, you do get the vaccine. You can keep your job, but now we're going to cut your pay. But you're heroes. The email lays out the reason for the pay cuts as a shift from the pandemic to endemic stage of the COVID. And it comes as the nation is feeling record high inflation along with skyrocketing gas and food prices. The previous two years have created challenges and opportunities for our entire St. Joseph Health System family to grow and to learn what being called to care means to each of us. This is in the email. Being called to care. Yeah, being called to care. Uh, Yeah, pay cuts after you force them to get something they didn't want to do or lose their job. (laughs) Uh, I don't mean to laugh, but... This is one of those moments where I'm just going to do hashtag told you one challenge that required creative measures for the SJHS was to address staffing. This required SJHS to create the targeted RNST compensation plan. As time has progressed, the current financial circumstance required us to once again adjust adjust as we work to sustain our ministry for the future. Yeah, ministry. That's that's how I would describe it, too. As we transition from pandemic to endemic stage of COVID, we need to make adjustments in order to maintain the health system's financial sustainability. As you make adjustments in your own lives, we hold you close in constant prayer. Are you kidding me? <laughs> as, as you make adjustments in your life. Yeah, we're going to pray for you. After we cut your pay, after we forced you to get something you didn't want to get or else you're going to lose your job. Do you have any idea how many people from St. Joseph Health Systems have contacted me throughout the pandemic? Do you have any idea? Any clue whatsoever? I mean, I suppose you could fire some of the doctors, you know, who like tortured patients and stuff. I suppose you could fire them instead, maybe keep some of the nurses around. But I I know that's that's a bridge too far. Good lord. Um, It's going to hit next month. So, Clifton says he reached out to them. He hasn't gotten any response yet. Uh, Assume that that will be coming. Let's see. Uh, In October of 2021, you were informed of your of your of your eligibility, excuse me, for a targeted incentive retention plan and quarterly retention bonus program. At that time, we committed to providing advance notice before changing the program effective June. Fifth, 2022, the targeted incentive retention plan, enhanced shift differentials, and quarterly retention bonus program will be ending. You will receive a prorated third quarter retention bonus for April and May, paid in July. They then included a uh, chart here for your uh, pay, your salary grade, your second shift, third shift options, and all of that stuff. Uh, for the, I, I'm, I'm assuming that everybody who is with St. Joseph Health System knows that this is happening. Uh, but for the rest of you in the community, it's, you're hearing about uh, some of the local heroes who are no longer heroes. Isn't that weird? You know, I seem to remember this radio host whose name rhymed with Casey telling everybody there's going to come a time where the pandemic ends and all of you who are getting this hero warship basked upon you right now, you're going to get thrown right back into reality. I'm going to say this for everybody to hear. And I need everybody to listen, I need everybody to understand, particularly you young folks, before you waste your time and your effort, corporate loyalty is a farce. It doesn't exist. It is used to get employees to comply, to do what they want, and then they will let you go without a second thought. That doesn't mean that all companies are evil. That doesn't mean that the people who run these companies are bad. It is the nature of business. All I am telling you to do is to not be blind to that fact so you aren't blindsided by something when it hits you later on in life. Don't forego opportunities that could be really good for you for corporate loyalty. They, It was hero worship for two years. Then the, the vaccinations came along and, and all of these nurses who already had COVID and were not catching COVID again You're going to get the vaccine. You're going to be fired. You're going to lose the ability to provide for your families. You're going to be fired if you don't get this thing that so many of you don't want to get. And many of you bit the bullet and you did it anyway. It went against your better judgment, but you knew you'd at least had a stable job. Now they're cutting your pay, too. It'll get to a point that they start downsizing again. And then they will routinely complain about staff shortages. It'll be the same old nonsense over and over and over and over again. I don't know why people continue to fall for this stuff, but to them, you were never heroes, you were employees. They gave you the hero worship because that's what got you to show up every single day. If you believe that you're a hero, you'll go into danger. And they knew that you were coming into danger by going into a hospital that was treating COVID patients. They knew that, so they gave you the hero worship. So you would be motivated to still put yourself at risk by showing up and caring for patients. That's the only reason they did it. It's not because they actually believed it. When you still complain, it's like, all right, cool. You called me a hero. That's great. Yay. Um, still like, you know, hey, uh, pandemic's kind of messing everybody up financially too. How about some hazard pay? Yeah, you gave, got a little bit of that too. It's all a marketing scheme to get employees to comply. That's all it is. That's all it ever is. I'm sorry you have to learn this lesson the hard way, but you were warned. More coming up. stock 95.3 michiana's news channel hey good afternoon thank you for tuning in news talk 95.3 michiana's news channel i think i'm done with our local hospital system yeah i'm not can we talk about iu health let's talk about iu health can we talk about iu health memorial i think i'll leave you alone today always have lots of things to say about memorial I always get great carrot memorial. I just hate the way that they lie to their patients in the billing department. But I digress. All right, this is another story, realnewsmichiana.com. IU Health Hospital chaplain, it was a rabbi, uh, FU Christians. Cool, that sounds like a chaplain that we should totally have working at IU Health. You know, every chaplain that I have ever met, I've not run into one that told an entire religion to bleep off. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like chaplain code that you don't insult other religions. It's kind of a thing. (laughs) So Rabbi Mike Harvey, who um, is totally and completely honoring his faith, F Christians and their never ending imperialistic, nationalistic, fascist patriarchy that puts people's lives at risk and doesn't give a bleep. What anyone or science says, shame on all who hold the cross. 2,000 years of your genocide continues tonight. Bleep you. Now, if I were a, I were a smaller person, I could respond to lots of what he said on a religious perspective. Um, but I'm not going to because, well, he's stupid. Um, now, what's interesting about this individual... Is that if you go to his website, rabbimichaelharvard.com, he wrote a book. You know what the book is called? A Rabbi Speaks to Christians. Let's talk. Yeah, you sound like a guy that'll totally have a reasonable conversation with a Christian there. I, I, he's probably sold like, you know, twos and threes of copies of this book, but yeah. Um, He's got a podcast again. This guy's got a podcast. Wow. Okay. Um. Here's here's really what I could I could say about him. I I I. You can make fun of the fact that he has no chin. What is it with people and no chins? It's you know the Holcombs of the world. Just no chin people are are problematic. Um, we may have to explore the possibility that some genetic markers and engineering might need to happen just so we. I don't, I don't want to call it eugenics, but let's just use eugenics to get rid of people without a chin. Because they're problematic. Every single one of them are problematic. And don't think that I've met somebody without a chin who is worth having around. There's going to be one guy out there who's like, I love you, Casey, and I don't have a chin. Okay, We'll pay for your surgery. Okay? So this is the uh, the story here. Um, Realismichiana.com has discovered disturbing anti-Christian comments by IU Health Chaplain. social media posts made by Rabbi Mike Harvey even appear to potentially be promoting violence against anyone who practices the Christian faith, in particular, white Christians. Fun fact. uh, White Christians are the most tolerant of the Christians for things outside of Christendom. Just a side note there. The comments posted to Twitter seem to be rants triggered by the leak of the Supreme Court draft opinion signaling the potential overturning of Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey decisions that enshrine nonsensical federal rights to abortion. So what I find interesting about this little rant that he went on, F Christians and their never ending imperialistic, nationalistic, fascist patriarchy that puts people's lives at risk. Do you not see the irony in that post? Puts people's lives at risk. Hey, what puts people's lives at risk? Anyone? It'll involve coat hangers and back alleys, apparently. Uh, That puts people's lives at risk. Not only the practice of abortion putting women's lives at risk, but it it almost 100% of the time puts the baby's life at risk. But it's interesting that he's really upset that the states will make this decision if this decision actually goes through at the Supreme Court, which we don't know that it will, by the way, but it is interesting that he he says this um, and doesn't give a bleep what anyone or science says. Uh, what science is that, Rabbi? What science? This is a serious question that people need to ask. Now, I did the early show today where I played you some really deranged responses to the Roe thing, and then I played you a montage of pro-abort types who were fetishizing, throwing aborted babies into furnaces and burning them for green energy. Okay? This is a very real thing. Abortion is not about a very private decision which can impact somebody's life to save a woman's life or something of that nature. It's not about that anymore. Maybe at one point in time, people thought that it really was. It's not about that. It is purely about, I want to sleep around and have no responsibilities. And as I said on the early show today, which you can get on Rumble.com, where you can see all of this and my blind reaction to some of these montages that were put together. When you are dealing with people like that, it is a it's a death fetish for children. There is a woman standing outside of the Supreme Court right now who says, I have had 31 abortions. Okay, there isn't a man alive who thinks you're valuable, just so you know, ma'am. Not a single man alive thinks you're valuable. What is so interesting about this modern movement of third-wave feminism for abortion is that it was started by and pushed by the so-called patriarchy. Modern feminism was steered and molded at the time by men who wanted easy access to women, Wanted to see women more exposed on a regular basis and didn't want any responsibilities tied to those women while they still got to have their jollies with them. That's what it was about. And they they were actually successful in convincing women that it was empowering that women gave up the one really valuable thing that they could offer a potential life mate. Isn't that interesting? Now it is completely shifted. Now, particularly in Generation Z, these young guys want families. They want to be fathers. They want to get married. And the women want nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. What do they want? They want to be able to go around, get pregnant, and then get an abortion on demand. They don't want to go through the very difficult and expensive steps of taking a pill every day. Or the very difficult and expensive steps of... Putting a piece of latex on somebody. They don't want to do that. They don't even want to get something implanted in an outpatient procedure in their body, but they really want to have the abortion. They just don't want to take any step beyond that, which should actually prevent it. Now, if you're presented with options here, if you do not want to get pregnant, there are very simple, very scientifically sound rabbi ways for you to avoid that. In 99, or some percent of the time with success rates. Now, there's always going to be something that slips through the crack. I'm one of those, by the way. I'm one of those who slip through the cracks, okay? But it's very rare. It is extremely rare for that to happen. So you have choices as women. And I'm going to leave teenagers out of it because there's always going to be an argument, oh, teenagers can't talk to their parents about it or whatever. Okay, I'm going to leave that out of it. But as women who are protesting outside the Supreme Court right now, you can uh, spend $7 a month, which is like an average, okay, because you can get it for a lot less. $7 a month, you actually have birth control, okay? And I know there's two of you out there who have a reaction to birth control and you can't get any birth control that works for you. All right, cool. You can spend a little bit more, maybe get an, an IUD. Maybe you can get some other form of of you know contraceptive, something like that. But it, it's very easy and very cheap and inexpensive for you to do, and it's extremely effective, whichever method you choose. I'm not even telling you not to diddle anybody. I'm just telling you that there's ways for you to avoid the pregnancy. The easiest, simplest way, of course, is is the condom. But they don't choose that. They choose the abortion. They choose the morning after pill. They choose that option. It's almost like it's a, shall we say, status symbol to get one. And then when you run on TikTok, this is why Libs at TikTok is so effective. You run on TikTok and you see people doing dances about how they're going to have an abortion the following day. Because it's a good thing. Yeah. That's what this is about. It is a death fetish. Period. More coming up. 95.3 MNC. MNC News is 331. Some check out Impressed Jewelry Creations, Creating Meaningful Jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime.
1: This is Michiana's breaking news from the first step to the final phase, industrial and commercial electrical done right. Casey Hendrickson.
0: And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News talk. Ninety five three Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I, I don't talk about this a lot, and I know that for a lot of you, you're like, wow, you're really, you're talking about this. Um, I don't talk about it a lot. Uh, Abortion is considered a ratings killer, guys. Here's the truth. I'm going to give you the point-blank truth. Most people don't care about it. That's the truth. Most people don't care one way or the other, okay? I know that many of you in this audience are very passionate one way or the other about it, but most people, this is not an issue that is on their radar or that they care all that much about. So the people who tend to talk about it tend to be passionate one way or the other. They tend to either really want babies to be born, or they really want, oftentimes probably fantasize about doing it themselves, they want to kill children. That's kind of where we're at. Okay, There is no in-between. That's just kind of where it's at. And I know that that seems harsh, but that's the reality, because a lot of people do not want to admit when you've got people like Elizabeth Warren, who spent an entire life lying to you about her race so she can get free money and free jobs and then she, she loved telling you about how she playfully got chased around an office desk at a university. Oh, it's so flirty. And then all of a sudden it became she was sexually assaulted and harassed at work and all of that stuff. This is a woman who's, again, a pathological liar. When these people get this angry, this is nothing to do with what will actually happen. Roe v. Wade, when you go and you watch montages of people which you can see on my early show and you can see plenty of them, they're reacting to this. They don't understand what Roe v. Wade was and they don't understand what's going to happen if Roe v. Wade is even overturned. They have no clue. They have no concept of what's happening. The sheer number of references to The Handmaid's Tale, which shows ignorance of what The Handmaid's Tale is actually about. I've done shows about The Handmaid's Tale. The Handmaid's Tale is not an anti-Christian show. Well, I should say the book is not anti-Christian. The adaptation certainly tries to go there. It's actually anti-leftist. But it's humorous watching people who don't know what they're seeing jump to these conclusions. If there was a religious component of it, it would be anti-Islam. But you look at this stuff, and there's like the rabbi ignoring science. Yeah, what science there, cupcake? What science are you talking about? The science about once somebody is pregnant, there's two separate DNAs? That science? What science are you talking about? <laughs> well, it's in my body. Therefore, it's it's a part of my body. Really? Can we say that about everything else that goes in your body, too? One of those ways is how you got in this situation to begin with? Or do we not want to talk about that? Of course not. I'm going to play some audio. Sorry, I didn't give you a heads up. My apologies. Let me know when it's, when it's ready. We good? I'm going to play you some audio. This is a guy who's showing up, okay? This man is showing up at a, a Roe v. Wade protest of medical personnel who are outside holding signs, okay? And he asked them, he starts off, and the reason I'm only going to tell you this, he starts off asking if Black Lives Matter, right? Because one of these doctors gets on a knee. She takes a knee in front of this man. Just to prove how much of a pro-Black Lives Matter activist she really is. But his next question makes her stand up really quick. I want you to listen to this.
2: Black Lives Matter or just some black lives? The black lives killed by black men matter, right? Yes? Yes. The black babies killed in the abortions clinics matter, right? Thought so. The The black... Officers killed by that bastard in Minnesota—that matters too, right? Okay, but the black babies that are killed in the abortion clinics don't matter, do they? Medical people. Or, do their lives matter? Does the future of our black babies matter? Huh? What's up? What's up? Awful quiet now, aren't they? Uh huh.
0: Yep. I've done the math. I've I presented that math before on this show, on the percentage of population reduction in the black community that abortions have done, as the black community desperately tries to gain a foothold in more influence in politics, and you have have to wonder, you look at Planned Parenthood, you look at the history of Margaret Sanger, you look at all of that, why are most Planned Parenthood clinics in black neighborhoods when black people don't make up a large percentage of the population? Why is that? Why is that? Why do they go there not Hispanic neighborhoods? Why? Anyone? It's a real easy answer. Very simple answer. In the Latino and Hispanic community, they don't like abortion. The black community can be exploited for this. That's the truth. Nobody wants to talk about it. The racist roots of Planned Parenthood are alive and well today. Alive and well today. I always find it interesting when you have some Dingus nincompoop like this stupid rabbi at IU Health who doesn't know anything about anything. When they go out there and they they accuse white people of being racist for wanting black babies to live, that's the racist part. Wanting black children to survive and live that's racist, right? But killing them that's not racist. I'm not done. I'm not done. So I've got some actual science for you, right, Rabbi? Talk about science. Let's talk about some science. All that coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel.
1: Casey Hendrickson. 95.3. And-
0: hey everybody, Casey Hendrickson here for balanceofnature.com. So here's the deal. Uh, if you want to get more fruits and vegetables in your diet, but you're not really sure how to go about doing that because time constraints, meal prep, all of that stuff, or maybe you just don't like the taste of it all that much, go to balanceofnature.com. Pick up fruits and veggies. I just took my three three of each one right before the show. This is a great product, okay? It's not a supplement, and it's not a drug, Amelia. It is real food, non-GMO, real food. All you got to do is go to balanceofnature.com. Use promo code Laura. Laura Smith from Michiana's Morning News and the way home on weekends here on 95.3 see This is her promo code. So go to balanceofnature.com, promo code Laura, L-A-U-R-A, and you will save 35%. balanceofnature.com, promo code Laura. The Sean
1: Hannity Show, weeknights 6 till 9 on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station.
0: All right, just before we dive into some science on this stuff, let me just, when you have people who dehumanize younglings and children, this is what you get. You get a South Bend woman sentenced after shooting and killing a 17-year-old boy because they had an argument. Some of you are going to go, oh, he's 17, doesn't really count. All right, fair enough. California mom has been sentenced for pushing a baby off of a parking garage. How about that? Does that count? In La Habra, California, a mother was sentenced Wednesday to 25 years to life in prison for pushing her seven-month-old son off of an Orange County hospital parking structure, killing him over a decade ago. Let's move on to the next one, shall we? A man has been charged after trying to set a one-year-old on fire. This is what happens when you push narratives that say even up to the first couple of years, you can still abort a kid. This is what happens. I know there'll be some people out there. and They'll be like, no, 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 you're, you're just no, that's you're you're pulling stories in. They're totally unrelated. No, it's all about dehumanizing young people. And when you dehumanize young people it makes it much easier to see them as, oh, I don't know, sex objects and to groom them in schools, right? Casey, what about women who are raped? I've already told you a million times. I think you should give that to them. I think you should say, all right, cool, we'll we'll do our abortion law, but we will make an exception for rape, incest, and the life of the mother. Do you know why? Because they almost never happen. They almost never happen. And if you're one of those people that's going to, no, 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 it's all or nothing, you just want more dead babies. That's it. You've heard me say this four years. Are you for more dead babies or are you for less dead babies? Which one are you on? You don't get to pick in the middle. You don't get to do that. And if you had the ability to eliminate 98% of all abortions right now today and you chose not to do it because it wasn't an all or nothing thing, you are pro-dead baby. You can claim your pro-life all you want. The fact of the matter is you're not. So give it to them. This has been studied to the hilt. Do you know how many abortions happen in the United States of America because of those circumstances? 1.5%. So you have a choice to make. Do you eliminate 98.5% of abortions? Or do you hold out for the 100% and let all of those babies die in the meantime? Pick and choose. And if you still have somebody arguing with me about this, good chance that person is financially incentivized to continue this battle, and they're not actually interested in saving anybody's life. Just another activist trying to make a name for themselves and enrich their wallet. Let's take a look at some of the other stuff we got going on because of this. How about the insurrection that has been happening at the Capitol that nobody's talking about? We've had to erect a fence around the Supreme Court. Come on, news media. Where's all your talk about the insurrection and the violence against law enforcement in Washington, D.C. that's been happening this week? Huh? Where's the conversations about that? How about the fact you had Elizabeth Warren incite some of it? How about there's other politicians that have been inciting more violence all over the country? How about the video I'm staring at right now of an entire crowd of pro-abortion activists surrounding a police officer and hitting his car? How about that? Where's the insurrection calls there? Come on, CNN, Brian Stelter, get the cupcake out of your damn mouth, fatty. And talk about this story. Oh, he doesn't want to. How about. All of these accounts. On social media. That are calling for violence. Against anybody. Who doesn't support abortion. Not being removed from TikTok. Not being removed from Twitter. Not being removed from Facebook. None of them are. I got suspended on Facebook again today. Why did I get suspended? This is the second time. That I've been suspended for a post that I posted on the 25th of last month that I've already been suspended for and was already removed. So, why did they suspend me again? All I did was link to a peer reviewed to peer reviewed studies on nih.gov. That's all I did. But there are people on Facebook right now advocating violence. They're fine, they can stay up there. You got people celebrating the leaker as some kind of a hero. This was all designed to. Again, start more riots, keep you home, so you don't go vote in the midterm. They've got nothing else but to scare people. Nothing. How about Daniel Ulfelder? Uf- Very Nazi-esque sounding name. This guy is on Twitter with a blue check mark on it. You know what he is? He is a candidate for Florida's Attorney General. You know what he said? It's time for a revolution. Where's the incitement for an insurrection there, news media? Oh, he's a Democrat. He's a Democrat candidate for the highest law enforcement office in the state of Florida. So he doesn't count. He doesn't count. What about all the Antifa accounts? Puget Sound John Brown Gun Club. That's Antifa. It is our moral imperative to show up and stop the continuing slide into explicit fascism by all means at our disposal. Um, You know what, what fascists opposed? They opposed abortion, you idiot. It weakened the state. Another Antifa group. Liberals will march and chant their way into fasc- right into fascism. Peaceful protests are not enough. Rage and riot. Huh. That's still up there on, on Twitter right now. Still there. Elon Musk doesn't have control yet. We can do this all day. We can do it all day long. So what constitutes life? When does life begin? That is always the question that people who support abortion can never answer, right? Used to be viability. Viability. That used to be the common sense, universal answer that everybody give you. The moment a child can survive outside of the womb on their own, without machines, the moment that can happen, then that's when abortion should stop. Here's a problem, though. Science advances. And when science advances, viability gets sooner and sooner and sooner. And that's not good for the pro-abortion lobby, is it? It's bad for business for Planned Parenthood. So they suddenly don't talk about viability. Viability doesn't mean anything. Then you've got father of the year candidate, Pete Buttigieg, talking about you being able to abort your kid at nine months. Why not? Father of the year, that guy. What if I told you somebody actually had done this research? When you ask the public who should be responsible for all of this, you know, they tell you biologists. So that's what the general consensus in the public is. Who should decide when life begins? Well, biologists, academic biologists, of course. Duh. That seem reasonable, Amelia? Academic biologists? Yeah, you know. It seems reasonable. Cool. So there's actually a guy who went and started asking academic biologists all over the world, like, okay, when does life start? You know what the consensus was? Conception. You know why? Science, you stupid rabbi over at IU? Science that you're denying but claiming other people are denying. Do you know why they have that consensus? Basic human biology and DNA, dummy. It's not that hard. If you want to have an elective procedure because you're not a responsible human being, okay, don't pretend it's something else. It's an elective procedure. You getting an abortion... It's no different than you going and getting your knockers upgraded. It's the same thing. You want some bolt-ons, you go to a plastic surgeon, you want to lose some weight, you go ahead and you go to a Planned Parenthood clinic. That's what you do. And then you pretend to everybody that you got a breast exam for breast cancer, which no Planned Parenthood clinic in the entire country does. Why do you have to lie about it? It ain't that hard. It's just that you're dealing with fetishes here. That's the only way to refer to them. Got more coming up. News talk 95.3, Michigan's News I'm done with it. Just, I never talk about it. I know that I don't. But we had to spend some time on it today. Got a lot to go through today. Tons of stuff to go through today. And I would encourage you, if you want to see what I'm referring to, if you think that I'm off base in any way, watch my early show today on Rumble. Go to rumble.com slash host. And I will give you all of the proof that you ever need that you're dealing with evil. You're not dealing with reasonable people making a tough decision. More coming up on 95.3 MNC.
1: WTRC-FM and HD1. Niles, South Band, Elk. Commercial Electrical, done right. Casey Hendrickson.
0: Yeah, great news on the stock market today. Fantastic news. Like, dropped by a lot. So if you're an investor, this might be a good time to start buying stocks. Buy low, sell high. But uh, yet another bad day on the stock market. So just keep an eye on this stuff as the Fed continues to uh, roll out their inflationary measures, which, again, we've been warning you about for quite some time. Keep in mind, we have not hit the real estate issue yet. We still have the rental issue. We have the real estate issue. Those haven't even come to fruition yet. We're still way behind on that and that's going to be a major, major blow to the economy. The food supply stuff has kind of taken over precedence with all of that, but there's going to come a time where people haven't paid their rent in two years, uh, won't be able to stay put, and they'll have to be evicted, and that's going to lead to a, a pretty big issue. So pay attention to all of this stuff. Prepare the best way that you possibly can. tax. This is another hashtag told you thing. I I been complaining about this for a number of years. First of all, you should not be using TurboTax do your taxes. Stop. Shame on you. Get an accountant for crying out loud. So TurboTax is, <clears throat> um, many years ago, there was some stuff that was uncovered about TurboTax, that TurboTax is basically working on behalf of the IRS. So they weren't giving you your best return. They were doing what they could do to get the IRS the maximum amount of money. So that was a thing that, that was a scandal many, 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 many moons ago, long time ago. And, That was one of those times where it's like, hey, stop using TurboTax. They're actually working on behalf of the IRS to uh, not give you your maximum refund. There's still a lot of accountants that will tell you this and still demonstrate it to you. Um, When you go to a professional accountant, they'll be able to go through your TurboTax stuff. And I'm telling you right now, you're going to get a lot more money back, which means the TurboTax program wasn't doing what it was supposed to do for you. The other issue were the free filings. Because they weren't free. (laughs) That's what we're dealing with today. Intuit, the owner of popular tax filing software, TurboTax, will pay $141 million in restitution to millions of low-income Americans who were unfairly charged for services that should have been free, according to a multi-state agreement that was announced yesterday. TurboTax also agreed to reform its business practices. For example... It must suspend a free, free, free advertising campaign that lured, these are the quotes from the, the ruling here, lured customers with the promise of free tax preparation, but then asked them to pay, according to an announcement from the New York Attorney General, Letitia James. All 50 states and the District of Columbia have signed the agreement. Into it admitted no wrongdoing as part of the agreement that expects minimal impact to its business from in, implementing changes, according to the company's statement. And it's only $141 million. And it's only benefiting low-income people. Um, The truth is, average salaried people and upper-wage people um, who are dumb enough to use TurboTax also fell victim to it. Uh, Intuit is clear and fair with its customers, including with the nearly 100 million Americans who filed their taxes free of charge with our products over the last eight years. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) Imagine being the person that has to issue that statement because you work for the company. Going, all right, so we just got hit with $141 million for lying to people about doing their taxes for free. Um, what statement should I issue, boss? Well, just tell them that everybody's filed, uh, filed their taxes with this past several years has done so for free. Just go ahead and do that. But the court ruling just said that we got caught lying about that. Yeah, it's okay. Just do the press release. It's fine. And that's exactly what they did. Intuit will pay restitution to nearly 4.4 million consumers who use TurboTax's free edition during tax years 2016 to 2018. Those customers were told that they had to pay for the service despite being eligible to file for free via the IRS free file program offered through TurboTax, according to the announcement. And again, there's various programs depending on your uh, your wage levels and things like that. You get extra benefits and, and it's all designed to help you get your taxes in and that sort of stuff. Uh, Consumers are expected to receive about $30 for each year that they paid for services. According to the announcement, they will automatically receive notices and a check by mail, which will be lost to most of them, and they won't get. That's going to be fun times. Intuit cheated millions of low-income Americans out of free tax filing services that they were entitled to, uh, Excuse me, according to the statement, uh, for years. Intuit misled the most vulnerable among us to make a profit today. Every state in the nation is holding Intuit accountable for scamming millions of taxpayers, and we're putting millions of dollars back into the pockets of impacted Americans. Okay, so no big surprises, just letting you know in case you were one of the people who fell victim to that thing. Um, And also, for the love of God, you're an adult now. Get a professional to do your taxes. Stop doing this rinky-dink software stuff, okay? It doesn't work very good for you. But, Kathy, I have a great return every single year. Yeah, cool. Show it to a professional accountant and see how good your returns have really been. <laughs> Go ahead. Watch how quickly that smile on your face goes away. I also want to talk about Madison Cawthorn. I told you that I believed every single solitary word that Madison Cawthorn said. And the reason that I believe everything that Madison Cawthorn said, this, remember, this is the guy. He's in a wheelchair, but he's a young, handsome dude. He's, uh, he's in uh, Congress, freshman guy. And he said, I've seen people snort Coke in front of me. I've been invited to orgies by politicians here in Washington, D.C., and I found it very interesting considering what I know about D.C. and stories that I've been telling you for my entire radio career, some of which I rehashed when this story broke. Then he goes out, he says this. What was the reaction of some of the members of Congress, particularly people who are supposed to be close with Madison Cawthorne? Republicans. What was it? Rage. Not disappointment, not skepticism, not inquisitiveness as to whether or not he was telling the truth and who he would be talking about. No, rage. Seething rage. He was immediately called into the principal's office, and McCarthy gave him a what for. He was punished by the party. He's got multiple members of the Republican Party, including people in his own state, Um, just seething and foaming at the mouth at him saying this stuff. Now, again, normal reactions. This is one of those things where you take a step back, okay? If somebody says, I've witnessed members of Congress snorting coke in front of me, shouldn't the normal reaction be, really? Who? Isn't that the normal reaction? When Madison Cawthorn says, I've been invited to orgies. By members of Congress. Shouldn't the reaction be, who? Who did that? Really? Shouldn't that kind of like be the normal reaction? Why is the normal reaction? We have to punish him. He's not allowed to have any committee assignments. Why? Anybody who has that reaction. I'm sorry. They're the ones who snorted the coke. Nobody is that angry unless they're the ones being discussed. That's it. The fact that Madison Cawthorn is back in the news right now, I think proves that he was telling the truth all along. And so I'm going to tell you a very embarrassing story about Madison Cawthorne and a new video that's been leaked, which he says is being leaked to blackmail him. We'll talk about that coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel.
1: Casey Hendrickson.
0: News, weather and traffic
1: during Michiana's morning news on 95.3 MNC. Your
0: breaking news and weather station. Madison Cawthorne struck a nerve, ladies and gentlemen. He struck a nerve. I know most of you think that your elected representatives are sweet little angels who don't do anything wrong. Madison Cawthorne had the audacity to say, look, I came to Washington, D.C., and in my short time here, I've run into people that I respect as snorting lines of coke in front of me. I've, I've been invited to orgies. What's interesting about this is that nobody, nobody, is surprised by the sexual aspect of members of Congress because this has been long documented, has been going on for many, many years, Uh, particularly in the houses where, you know, a bunch of them kind of pull in and they have kind of a frat house environment. This seems to happen at a lot of those places. There's been a lot of scandals involving this, lots of scandals involving uh, members of Congress, you know, sharing these basically frat houses and having, uh, various adult entertainers coming over and, and things getting out of control and out of hands. Long history of that in Congress. So Madison Cawthorne, many years ago, um, he's, there's this video that's been released of him. He claims it's blackmail, all right? So he's defended himself after this tape was released. They're calling it a sex tape. It's not a sex tape. Uh, <laughs> but It's funny that they're calling it that. So anyway, this is the Daily Mail. In battle, Republican Representative Madison Cawthorn responded Wednesday night to a video circulating on social media showing him naked and thrusting his pelvis at another man's head. The video was first published by American Muckraker PAC, a political group that runs the Fire Madison Cawthorn website, ahead of the North Carolina May 17th primary. Soon after, it started circulating widely on Twitter, according to WRAL. Now, doesn't Twitter just have to ask this question? Doesn't Twitter have a no hacking, no revenge porn policy? Why are they letting this one go? Remember the whole reason. They're still defending not running the Hunter Biden laptop story. They're still defending that. Why? Because the documents were hacked, even though they weren't hacked. This is a video in a private space with him, and you're allowing it to be shown everywhere, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't allow this to happen any other way. Interesting stuff, right? So, again, um, soon after it aired, uh, yeah, soon after it started circulating widely on Twitter, according to WRAL, uh, David B. Wheeler, president of the PAC, said in a statement that the video was passed to us by a former supporter of Cawthorn, but would not name the source. Yeah, that former supporter could be somebody who did a line of coke. Just saying. It shows Cawthorn, 26 years old, screaming and chanting as he started thrusting against an unknown man's face. Someone else, presumably the person taking the video, could be heard laughing hysterically in the background and telling Cawthorn various things, which I won't go into on the show. Um, Basically, urging him on. There we go. Now, Cawthorn says the video, which has been viewed 652,800 times on Twitter at the time of this, was a joke. Twitter still got it up there. Twitter still got it up there. Hey, what would Twitter do if a young lady... At a party, we're doing a strip tease for somebody, and then that got posted. What would Twitter do to that video? You think that video would be allowed to stay up? Nope. Sure wouldn't. Be taken down for revenge porn. We all know it. But because he's a Republican, <laughs> it gets to stay up, doesn't it? Isn't that funny how that works? So he, um, he wrote, he goes, a new hit against me just dropped. Years ago, in this video, I was being crass with a friend and trying to be funny. We were acting foolish and joking. That's it. I'm not backing down. I told you there would be a drip, drip, drip campaign. Blackmail won't win. We will. Now, this is a guy who can't walk. His legs don't work, okay? So, (laughs) the video's funny. I don't know how else to say it. The video is funny. If you don't think it's funny. You don't have a sense of humor. It's hysterical. The guy who is clearly underneath here is this is a joke. They are not being assaulted. You can tell that they're not being assaulted. They make it very clear that this is all goof, but that's not how this is being portrayed. And again, this is all being portrayed. Why? Madison Cawthorn said, when I got to D.C., when I got to D.C., I've been invited to these sex parties. I've watched people do drugs in front of me. And I am a little disenchanted with some of the people that I respected in Washington, D.C. prior to my getting here. And they didn't like that. So what has happened is they've gone, they've gone to war. They went, they got all of the dirt that they could get on this guy and they are attacking him. You know, darn well, he was telling the truth. This is all the evidence that you ever needed that he was telling the truth. Now, uh, let's see. Cawthorn is facing an unusually crowded GOP primary for an incumbent congressman after facing several scandals. I don't know that I would call it several, but, you know, maybe. Uh, last month, photos emerged showing Cawthorn dressed in women's lingerie, chugging wine, and surrounded by women. Oh, so we're shaming him now. Is that what we're doing? Madison Caw- ladies and gentlemen, Madison Cawthorn is a young playboy who very much was a frat bro. And did the things that frat bros do when they're young. And there's a lot of people who don't want to see Madison Cawthorn, who is an actual conservative, don't want to see Madison Cawthorn succeed in Washington, D.C. Because he doesn't like what he sees in Washington, D.C. So they want to get him out. And the best way to get him out is to shame him in all sorts of ways. That You're, you're not supposed to be shaming people who wear women's lingerie. That, that's supposed to be perfectly acceptable now, right? That's what the Swamp tells us, yet the Swamp is not. They're not uh, accepting that at all. The photos, which were obtained by Politico, of course they were, show Cawthorn with a vacant look in his eyes, wearing women's hoop earrings and women's necklaces, along with a bra and lingerie set. So? You mean he's being a frat bro? He was... How many years ago was this again? You know what's interesting about this is that Madison Cawthorn must go because several years ago he behaved... Well, like a teenager. But the people who behave that way right now, who are elected in office, are that's not supposed to be a concern to you. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is amazing to me that there is this double standard. Truly and honestly, that there is a double standard. Democrats would be defending this guy if he were one of their own left and right. They would be calling it all sorts of things, homophobia, transphobia, everything else, to be upset at this guy for wearing lingerie, okay? He's clearly a frat bro. He did things that frat bros do, and he was right over the target when he accused members of government of doing drugs in front of him and engaging in this nefarious behavior. And I would like to remind you that those members of government who are engaging in that behavior are married. Why do you think they were so angry when he said it? Yeah, somebody's pointing right now. Sounds like college. This is college behavior. I'm not saying it's great, folks. I'm not defending it. I'm just saying it's pretty pretty standard frat boy type stuff, okay? But if we're going to hold frat boy stuff against uh, members of Congress, we're going to have a problem in getting members of Congress, which might ultimately be a good thing. But I do find it very interesting that when he did this stuff, you know, basically in his college years, they're trying to hold that against him when he's made the allegation that the stuff that he did when he was in college is being done by your elected representatives right now in D.C. How very interesting that they're so upset, at him over this. But um, like I said, double standards. Twitter's still leaving the videos up. They're still leaving the pictures up. They would never do this for a woman, ever. But they will for him. Got more coming up. ninety 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Don't forget, you can watch the live stream. Go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host rumble.com slash Casey, the host. I need you to hit that subscribe button. I've been censored again by Facebook today. Good thing. I have uh, multiple admins on my page <clears throat> air quote, multiple admins. I appreciate their sacrifice and their volunteering their time to keep my Facebook page afloat, but <laughs> rumble.com slash Casey, the host. MNC News Time is 4 31. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations. Thank mom for not killing you. Go to Impressjewelers.com.
1: Industrial and Commercial Electrical Done right. Casey Hendrickson.
0: And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 953, Michiana's news channel. Poor Netflix. Man, they don't know what's going on, do they? Netflix is getting sued by their shareholders. Alleging that executives misled investors while people are canceling their subscriptions. Interesting. As its stock tanks, well, almost everybody's stock is tanked. As its stock tanks and its subscribers continue to flee, Netflix is now facing a shareholder lawsuit accusing them of misleading investors about the difficulties the company was experiencing in retaining customers. Now, There was um, there's been a lot of stories about this. I know that it's like happening a lot now, but this kind of goes back to the cuties thing. Go back to cuties, which was, you know, a documentary made for pedophiles. So cuties. Was really the first time that we saw a, a mass revolt, if you will, against Netflix. Everybody who is not insane knew that that movie was problematic. Everybody who was not insane knew that that movie was a massive mistake. And as a result, a lot of people moved away from Netflix because Netflix defended it. And the the people who made the movie defended it. And they tried to pretend that it wasn't a movie that was there to satisfy some of the urges that pedophiles have. They tried to pretend that it was an anti-pedophile movie by, of course, showcasing little kids in very sexually suggestive ways, which is not what you do if you're trying to stigmatize pedophilia. And so it was the first time we really saw a mass revolt against Netflix. Um, they kind of bounced back, particularly in the pandemic. They bounced back. Um, they, they had the, the whole Tiger King thing, and they had a bunch of you know really big hits and a ton of great original programming. And so they started to see their subscriber base kind of go up. Then they started again. Seemingly, it was led by... By some of these ultra left-wing type shows. Now, as I've told you before, you know Netflix traditionally has played both sides, and they will have you know a very left-wing type movie release, but then they'll have a movie that caters to the right and you know to everybody else. They've always kind of done that, and I can appreciate that. They're trying to cater to everybody, right? You're not going to watch everything on the platform, um, and that makes sense. The problem is that the drops kept happening so much and they were going one way that a lot of people really started to notice. They did a whole documentary on he's having a baby and that sort of stuff. And people were starting to just get a little irked by all of that. Uh, The other thing that I noticed, um, this is what I I personally noticed about Netflix. Their original content is like not coming out. There's very few things that do come out. The things that do come out are not watchable, Netflix, which went from being an absolute powerhouse of, of production, all of a sudden isn't really making anything worth watching. And the stuff that they're pushing is all geared towards a social agenda. And when did that start happening? Like in mass, when did that start happening? Exactly. I know. I know you all said this. When the Obamas joined the board of Netflix, that's when it happened. And now you've got Barack Obama doing like a nature documentary, but he doesn't know anything about nature. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense. It's just it's weird. And nobody wants to see Obama's face and nobody wants to hear him talk. I know that that hurts the feelings of some of you liberals out there. But as we have highlighted many, many times in the show, a Barack Obama endorsement doesn't mean anything for a candidate anymore. They don't care if he shows up. Barack Obama is considered toxic he's not valuable at all in the the liberal movement he's very popular among liberals when he shows up in washington dc they all want to talk to him and not talk to joe biden we get that but as far as the rest of the country is concerned they just kind of want him to go away and so when he's starting to put his face out there it's because everybody has you know fluffed him up and said hey look everybody loves you you're the greatest person ever in the history of of great persons and you should make a, a documentary on netflix about aminals And he's like, yeah, I'll do that. And then nobody watches it. (laughs) So there's been this sort of rising tide since things started reopening in this country with the pandemic where people were not watching Netflix. And it was in large part, some of it was people are starting to go back out again. And that was always going to happen. But some of it is that Netflix just isn't producing good content. Honestly, almost nobody right now is. There's like one show out of five or six now that get produced that from these streaming services that are worth watching anymore. So a lot of folks just aren't creating anything. So the lawsuit, which was filed Tuesday in Northern California, uh, uh, covers Netflix shareholders who bought the stock between October 19th of 2021 and April 19th of 2022 a period during which the value of the stock plummeted 67%. So they're just targeting that very, very specific time frame. There were stories that were happening that were saying, hey, something's up with Netflix. But Netflix rebuffed that. You remember when Netflix wouldn't release the viewing numbers for certain shows? Remember that? They would just tell you what show was a hit and what show wasn't a hit, and nobody had any data as to why that was. And when Netflix would tell you, "Oh, this many people watch," what was that Bird Box thing? The, uh, did you watch that Bird Box thing? What did you think of it? You didn't like it. She thought it was Amelia thought it was creepy. I'd never watched it. It looked ridiculously stupid, <laughs> so I didn't waste my time with it. Um, I I have some relatives who watched it. They thought it was interesting, but it just wasn't my thing. And I'm a Sandra Bullock fan, but I just it wasn't it wasn't my my cup of tea. Um, so this is. You know, again, that was a huge hit, won some awards, it was a big deal. Everybody seemed to watch it except for me. But at the same time, they wouldn't actually tell you how many people watched it. Netflix is able to kind of control this sort of stuff. And really good shows, you know, that they've, they've produced have been canceled. And they said, well, nobody was watching it. But we don't actually have the numbers for that. They do. We don't. So when people were buying the stock between October of 2021 and April of 2022, Netflix was, in their their assertions here, Netflix was telling people that things were much better than they actually were. As a result of defendants' wrongful acts and omissions and the precipitous decline in the market value of the company's securities, plaintiff and other class members have suffered significant losses and damages. The suit, which is being brought by a trustee of an entity called Imperium Irrevocable Trust, cited public statements made by Netflix during its most recent third and fourth quarter earnings reports in which the company painted an optimistic picture of subscriber growth. But the truth was revealed last month when Netflix dropped a bombshell on its investors, reporting that the company had lost 200,000 subscribers in the first quarter of 2022 and worst yet is expecting to lose a whopping 2 million more customers in the months ahead. As a result of these materially false and misleading statements and or failures to disclose, Netflix securities traded at artificially inflated prices during the class period, according to the complaint. And I'm going to be honest with you, Netflix is in some trouble here. Netflix did paint a rosy picture, and it wasn't rosy. So as Netflix is running around and, and telling everybody like, yeah, things are looking really great for us in the near future. Uh, we've got this thing that came out, got that thing that came out. These things are popular and, you know, we're growing by leaps and bounds and that's what I'm putting, uh, this is paraphrasing stuff, obviously I'm not directly quoting, uh, but people were like, well, all right, they've been, you know, steady throughout the pandemic and you know, Hey, maybe something will happen with the Obamas who knows. And then they go ahead and, they buy the stock because they think that Netflix is is going to continue to grow and be very prevalent, and it isn't. Now, there are various reasons to why it's not growing and why people are you know moving away from Netflix. I don't think that all of it is Obama. Uh, I don't think that's the case, but you certainly have to look at some of the woke documentaries that they've done, the lack of diverse releases that they have done, and it, they just appear to have abandoned quite a number of people something else happened in this time frame price hikes and if people are not getting value for what they're paying for and you're going to raise the price they're just going to walk away they'll wait for something to come out where they can come back that's what a lot of people are doing with disney right now they're canceling disney for most of the year mandalorian comes back on they go back they watch the mandalorian then they cancel it again they're not interested in actually keeping disney on 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 uh on their uh their credit card bills and stuff like that so, very interesting stuff. I think Netflix is in big trouble here. You got more coming up. News Talk 953, Michigan's News Channel.
1: Casey Hendrickson. Nine- Midnight on News Talk 953, Michigan's News Channel, your breaking news and
0: weather station. College graduates overestimate the salaries that they're going to start out with. How much do you think they overestimated though? College student Amelia, what do you think? What do you think the over Do you have any idea? ballpark on how much they overestimate it not how much they think they're gonna pay how much they overestimate their salary any idea fifty thousand dollars she is dead on really? dead on this latest report CNBC college graduates are overestimating the salaries that they'll start out you didn't see the story earlier <laughs> they'll start out by by 50 grand by 50 grand. In other news, people who graduate college think that they're going to get paid 50 grand. <laughs> got news for you. Ain't going to work that way all the time. So anyway, uh, newly minted graduates are in for a shock. Although the job market and starting salaries for the class of 2022 looks significantly better than last year, they may fall far short of graduates' expectations. They do look better. The problem is, is that, uh, you know, you just got the Fed passing the largest uh, rate increase in a long time you got the stock market continuing to go down. You're not going to have them jobs for very long. Get comfortable doing manual labor for a little bit until things bounce back. Although the job market and the starting salaries, again, are looking up, their expectations are way overblown. Employers plan to hire about 31% more new degree holders from this year's graduating class than they hired from the class of 2021, according to a report from the National Association of College and Employers. The increased demand for workers is also driving starting salaries higher for some majors. Not all of them, some. The average starting salary for this year's crop of graduates is projected to be just over 50 grand. Okay, That is the starting salary, which if you ask me, good luck. I assume that most of this data is coming from big urban areas, but good luck as a New college graduate walking out with 50 grand. I think that a lot of you are probably going to fall a little bit shorter than that. Not much, but a little bit shorter than that. But it depends on where you're at. Yet current college students expect to earn $103,000. Somebody's been lied to by their college recruiter. <laughs> oh, man. Imagine thinking that just because you come out of college with no experience, you're going to be thrust in the top echelon of income earners in the country. Have we not been talking about this for a number of years? They have set young people up for failure. You've told them that all that has to happen is you have to go to college. Study whatever you want. You know, the old basket weaving argument. Study whatever you want. As long as you come out with a college degree, you're going to be rich. We fed that lie to young people for decades now, and now we're at a point where a lot of them just automatically assume that because they have a college degree, they're going to walk out and be in the top income earners of the country. Nope. Not going to happen. So they expect to get over $103,880 in their first job, according to a survey of college students pursuing a bachelor's degree, okay? Okay. Undergraduate students across all majors and institutions overestimated their starting salaries by 88%. 10 years into their career, students anticipate making more than 200 grand. You think you're going to make 200 grand after being in your career for just 10 years? The average mid career salary for these particular degrees are $132,000, which again, We're talking about a very limited degree program profile that we're looking at here because there's a bunch of you listening to this right now going 132 grand after 10 years of working. No, you're right. You are right. This is a very limited field of professions that they are surveying here. Salary projections for the class of 2022 vary greatly depending on the area of concentration. Employers projected uh, starting salaries would increase 5.4% for math and science uh, majors and decrease. 14.8% 14.8% for humanities majors. That's because humanities majors are stupid. You shouldn't get a degree in that. But, you know, hey, you want to waste your mom and dad's money, you go right ahead. So um, if you start looking at the average starting salary, you go to the computer sciences, uh, about $75,000, um, almost $76,000. And as we have told you many times before, as somebody from the computer science field, um, generally speaking, we didn't hire college graduates. Why? Because college graduates are stupid. I'm being as blunt as I can possibly be. Unfortunately, a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people will go, and computer science is a very wide range. Okay. So I'm just specifically talking about my field. Um, With with certain computer sciences, what we found is that college students didn't actually know what to do. They didn't know how to do what they were supposed to do. They just did the classroom work. They didn't do a lot of labs. They weren't certified. They didn't have any of the certifications that we needed. And we would always give a test. So anybody who came in to work for the company, we would break stuff and would give it to them, and they would have to fix it. Guess who could never fix it? The college students. The high school dropouts almost always were able to repair it, by the way. But the college students almost could never make the repairs. Sometimes we get close, but they they just couldn't. I hope that that has changed in the number of years since I've been out of the computer industry, but I don't know enough about it. So... Back then, it was a real issue. We used to joke that people went to college and spent all that money just to get out of college to do something that a high school dropout can get certified to do and not have any of that debt. And the dropouts were usually much better at it. So that may not be the case now, but back then, it certainly was. Engineering, uh, over $73,000. Math and sciences, uh, over $66,000. These are the average starting salary. Uh, social sciences is over $61,000 but the gratification that you're a social justice warrior. Uh, then you got business over 60,000, agriculture over 57,000, communications over 55,000, humanities just over 50 grand, okay? So it all depends on on what you're studying. Communication salaries are dropping 4.7%, humanities salaries are dropping 14.8%. Sorry. <clears throat> so got a college student over here. <laughs> Overall, computer science majors are likely to be the highest paid just out of college, earning over seventy five thousand nine hundred bucks on average, uh, followed by engineering graduates. So, um, again, you know, good luck, <laughs> good luck with the fact that they think that they're going to be making two hundred grand ten years in. Yeah, you know, in ten years time, I'll be making two hundred thousand dollars. Sure, you will. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, The average years of loan repayment, we've gone over this before because we talk about student loan forgiveness and and Biden's trying to do that before the midterms so he can motivate young people to go vote. Um, Student loan forgiveness benefits not poor people. It benefits rich people. at A much, much more disproportionate measure. So um, the student loan forgiveness programs, remember, the people who spend the most on their education tend to make the most money. And those are the ones that get the most benefit from student loan forgiveness, not not young, low-income people. That's typically not how that works. The average year of loan payments remaining for law people in the law field: fifteen point four years for repayment. Dentistry is number two. I'll put all of this in the Daily Show prep. Just you poke around and take a look at it, and uh, be sad about your your degree program choices. And for your parents, you can use it as a cautionary tale for your younglings who think that they're gonna you know, study basket weaving and become, uh, you know, multimillionaire in just about 20 years. Or coming up, 95.3 MNC.
1: WTRC-FM and HD1. Niles, South Band. First step to the final phase. Industrial and commercial electrical done right. Casey Hendrickson.
0: And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3 Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Um, I, I did have this story a couple of days ago. I didn't talk about it. I wasn't planning on talking about it, but I did hear a little bit of on Gino today and he mentioned it. So I figured I would just mention it too. Uh, Levi Strauss and company have endorsed uh, abortion and they've endorsed it as critical to women's progress. I don't know how it's critical to women's progress, but so be it. Um, now, the reason I'm telling you this is do what you want with it. Private companies can offer whatever benefits to their employees that they want to offer. I'm just letting you know. Levi Strauss and Company on Wednesday uh, joined a list of corporations releasing statements affirming abortion rights and pledging to pay the travel expenses of employees seeking an abortion. So if you are in a state that would ban abortion, then Levi Strauss will pay for you to travel to get the abortion. May I offer an alternative to the folks at Levi Strauss? To the folks at Levi Strauss, why don't you just offer all of your employees free contraceptives? It'll be cheaper. Am I missing something? No? Is it? Am I missing something? If you're Levi Strauss and you want to pay for women to travel across state lines to go get an abortion... Wouldn't it be more cost effective to just give everybody who works for you free contraceptives? Choose whichever one you want. I mean, you know, you can choose a variety of them, I suppose. It just seems like that would be the cheaper option. Uh, Okay. Amazon will reimburse employees four grand if they cross state lines to get an abortion. Hold on, I gotta do some math here. Just give me, just give me a second. All right, it's just, it's late in the day. Just, just hang in there with me. All right, I'm just gonna take the high end average here. All right, that, yeah, okay, okay. So they're gonna pay over forty-seven times more money than it would cost just to get people birth control. Again. <laughs> for those of you, <laughs> for those of you who think that this is that this is a, a, about you know money and practicality and stuff like that, that's not what this is about. I it's look, look, if Amazon wants to do this, that's fine. I'm just saying that if you're Amazon and you're going to reimburse employees four grand if they cross state lines to get an abortion because you happen to live in one of the few places that might actually ban abortion at the state level, it would be more cost effective for you to just provide the birth control. So just provide the birth control. Then you won't have to spend $4,000 for anybody crossing the state lines. Uh, and if you have somebody who can't take birth control because of a medical issue or a reaction to it or something, you can still pay for the alternative. How much do IUDs cost nowadays anyway? get them get them installed. Is it installed or implanted or does it cost it doesn't cost that much, right? I mean, it's an outpatient procedure, it can't cost that much. So you can do that. That's a lot less than 4 grand. Just an idea. Now I realize that I am just a radio host, but I also happen to run a company on the side. And generally speaking, I kind of want my company to not waste money. So it's almost like it's almost like it's virtue signaling, and not actually trying to do math and stuff. I'm I'm just throwing it out there. In uh, a statement titled "Protecting Reproductive Rights: A Business Imperative," the apparel company said that business leaders are responsible for protecting the health and well-being of our employees, and that includes protecting reproductive rights and abortion access. Why don't you offer them something that will cost your company less money and will prevent them from even having to have the abortion to begin with? Again, this is the only air quote here, because this is not what this is. This is the only public health crisis that is entirely preventable. The only one, the only one that is 100% preventable. And they're pretending like, like, uh, like, like it's you, you catch it by walking around at Walmart or something, which, okay. That was a bad example because I, you probably could catch pregnancy walking around at Walmart in some places at some hours of the night. I'm looking at you Niles Walmart after 9.00 PM. Don't go to Niles Walmart after 9 p.m. You might get pregnant. It's entirely possible. I'm just... <laughs> I'm just... Right? If we're, if we're going to talk about this as being one of these things... Forget the logistical aspects of it. Of just, you know, shipping an employee over, over state lines to get an abortion. If you happen to operate in a state that bans abortion. Um, there's up to... 13 states, FYI, there's up to 13 states that could ban most abortions. There will be a handful of states that will actually do it. Everybody else is going to have access uh, to abortion in the normal, uh, non-life-changing ways that we deal with right now. But if you're going to be a company that wants to provide that, again, it's fine if you want to provide. It's not very wise. Uh, It seems like it would be much more cost-effective to just, you know, offer the contraceptives. But uh, then there's the other thing. You see, it actually would cost more to provide the contraceptives. Do you know why? Because not that many people are going to actually need to go across state lines to get an abortion. And they know that. So they're just virtue signaling at this point. Because, you know, it's the first week of May, and we might as well just have a new thing to be upset about. Because, you know, next week is almost here. And next week, we'll be upset about something else. Why? Because they have to keep you in a perpetual state of anxiety. That is the entire goal. They want you to riot. They want you to protest. They want you to wear stupid pink hats and then get called a racist for wearing stupid pink hats because not all women are pink. And then you'll have to get other colored hats, too. And you'll have to have uh, stupid kitty cat hats that have multiple uh, skin tones on them so you can be all-inclusive. And that's just going to help the big Etsy cat hat lobby. This is this is nonsense. I mean, it's, it, but this is what happens when you get into a situation where you don't have anything to run on. You just whip people up into a frenzy and you try to scare people into not voting and scare them to stay home. Everybody out there knows that nobody's going to die because Roe v. Wade gets overturned if Roe v. Wade gets overturned. In fact, less people will die. That is kind of the point. But it is interesting to watch these companies go out there and go, we will pay thousands of dollars for you to go across state lines and get an abortion that we could have prevented for $7. That's how committed we are to your rights, ladies. We'll pay you $4,000 instead of 7 Good math there, businesses. Good luck with that. Your accountants are probably pulling their hair out. But the good news is that they're not serious. It's just another virtue signal. What's the next, like, big month that we have coming up? Is it pride? Is, is pride... The next big one around the corner? What's that? Yeah, it's right around. It's like June, right? And Pride in June. So that's that's the next big one, like right around the corner. And then everybody will be totally like pro-gay, flying the rainbow flag and stuff like that for a whole month. And then they won't care anymore. <laughs> this is a virtue signal. More coming up. 95.3 MNC.
1: Casey Hendrickson. 95.3 MNC.
2: Whether it's sponsored by the Prime Tech. Ta-
0: that's
1: not good at all. Huh? That's, uh-huh. That's not good
0: at all. My phone's dead. Needs to be charged. Yeah, that'll be confusing when I upload that podcast.
1: What?
0: If I say hour one. If I say it's hour one when it's not.
1: Yeah. That'll be confusing you watch it, it that mm. it's done on the though. doo 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 do, 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 uh, do. do.
2: Craft do you have like four for minutes and you have your live we Jewelry going and your time lemonade sponsorship lemonade of Impress creations. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, well. Both of them. Okay. Well, well, well. Well, well, well. So. And then after so that, that, you have and I think you're looking at a mildly hazy wheat mixed so with a little bit of lemonade to bring you a not too sweet but still very good and very summery shandy drink. The inspiration behind this beer, instead of just mixing a lemonade with the beer and calling it a shandy, was to draw from the flavor of Italian lemon ice. Which is, you know, less about the sugary sweet and more about the lemon flavor enhancing something else. Summertime's here, so if you're looking for something a little sweeter that's still a beer, still has some good beer flavor along with the sweetness, and then the citrus enhancement, beer this fan. is the one for you. When you pour huh? this beer, it's going to be slightly fan. hazy with a great I do nose love beer. of lemon and a little bit of wheat. But very light hop flavor. If it's a aroma. If
0: it's a heavy wheat, at four doesn't agree wheat with me very much. And this is the beer that you're going to want to start yourself. Why are you making it's that face. You're one of these people who doesn't like beer because you, you well, can, you're too young to try them all. I
2: like nice, bold, yellow,
0: in okay, that's your first problem. Style Canadian style beer is crap. So the way that I explain beer, I used to do a beer show. The way that I explain beer is that beer is a lot like wine and a lot like like teas and coffees and stuff like that. There's so many different flavors that there is one that you will like. There's probably several that you would like. You just have to find it. So, well, you don't have you don't have to do that. You know, it's when you're old enough, you go to breweries and things like that, and you try different styles of beer. So you get, you know, the, the flute that they have. Try different ones. And you're like, okay, well, I like this and I like that. So you might like those families of beers. And then you can start going from, you know, those families of beers. There are people who just like beer. And then there are people who are a little bit more, you know, a little more picky about it. So when you're old enough, I would do stuff like that. Um, and probably do it with somebody who enjoys it. So if you don't like it, it doesn't go to waste.
1: They can have it, huh? Well, I mean,
0: well, I'm just saying if you go if you go with you know somebody who enjoys it, you know maybe parents or whatever. If you go with somebody who enjoys it, <laughs> if you go with somebody who enjoys it, you can have a little sip, and then if you like it cool. If you don't, the person who will like it <laughs> will take it. You're not wasting money at that point.
1: Yeah.
0: You're going to probably want to stay away from your just run-of-the-mill you're cheap domestics. Yeah, but it's, you know, you're going to run into that too. Breweries get really creative and sometimes it doesn't work out so good. any Feel a million miles away, I just a I find brown brown that people who brown tend brown to not like beer um, tend Comcast to like Canada shandies, and they tend to, to like anything that has, like, a citrus note. So, which one am I doing again? across the brown. country Okay. Apply. Vary. Business, powering possibilities. Hey everybody. Casey Hendrickson here. Got to tell you about Impressed Jewelry Creations Mother's Days this weekend. You go to ImpressJewelers.com, use promo code MOMDAY15, you can get 15% off your entire order. Some exceptions apply, or some rules apply, I should say. Um, but if you go into the store, you're going to be able to see all of this jewelry in its its natural habitat. And honestly, the website, they do a fantastic job of taking the pictures, but it never does it justice. When you go to the showroom at Impress Jewelry Creations, City Plaza, Granger, Indiana, right next to C. Kramer Interiors, you're going to know exactly what I mean. And they've got things for every budget, every price point that you can think of. Okay, so whether you're just starting out or if you're a collector and you're looking for high-dollar items to add to your collection. They've got everything from there and in between. And again, you mentioned this show, you get 15% off now through Mother's Day. But you've got to act fast, including the IJC line. This is their custom line of jewelry that nobody else in the entire world has. Made right there on site. This is an amazing company. Fantastic jewelry pieces. And I highly, highly recommend that you shop there. Go to ImpressJewelers.com. MomDay15 is the promo code. You can also walk into the store, let them know you listen to this show, and you get that promo code automatically applied now through Mother's Day. ImpressJewelers.com. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 953, Michiana's news channel. Let's see. What's what's happened to me this week? It's Thursday. Had a video removed by YouTube. I've been suspended twice by Facebook. It's been a good week. It's been a good week. So let me let me do it again. There's a new study into the mRNA vaccine death rates. And it's saying some stuff that people don't really like. New study. By a distinguished team of Danish researchers led by Professor Christine Stable Ben suggests a surprisingly nuanced answer to the question of do the vaccines save lives? In a randomized trial of the COVID vaccines, the Adenovector based vaccines, including the AstraZeneca Johnson Johnson vaccines, reduced all cause mortality of study participants relative to people randomly assigned a placebo. Indeed, the reduction in mortality is larger than expected from the COVID effect, and many suggest additional beneficial non-specific effects from those vaccines against other health threats. Hmm. On the other hand, the exact same team found no statistically meaningful evidence in the trial data that the mRNA vaccines reduced all-cause mortality at all. The number of deaths from other causes, including cardiovascular deaths, appear to be increased in this group. Oh. Oh. Who who could have thought? You get the mRNA vaccines and you have issues with cardiovascular disease. Ah, who, who, who knew? Compensating for the beneficial effects of the vaccines on COVID. Uh, let's see. Stable Ben is keen to stress that the sample is relatively small and is calling for further investigation. And also that the study took place during very low levels of COVID, so the relative advantage of protection against COVID would have been similar, or would have been smaller, excuse me, at that time compared to other points in the pandemic. However, these preliminary results stand in sharp contrast to the message from public health agencies and governments worldwide, which granted emergency authorization to the vaccines based on evidence from the trials that the vaccines reduced the likelihood of getting symptomatic COVID, which we know they don't reduce the likelihood of you getting symptomatic COVID. That was what they tried to tell you. Hmm. Very interesting. So um, <laughs> there's that. Uh, they're actually saying that you know the extra benefits that you get from the you know AstraZeneca, Johnson and Johnson could be beneficial. The problem is that AstraZeneca and Johnson Johnson did not work against the Delta variant at all. Uh, it cut right through them. It wasn't very effective in any way. So maybe they have some benefit beyond, but still not, not really great. Now, here's another study, though, and this one's out of MIT. COVID vaccinations were significantly associated with a 25% jump in emergency medical services for heart problems in 16 to 39-year-olds in Israel. So, two studies, both say the mRNA vaccines cause cardiovascular issues. Two studies, different countries, just throwing it out there, okay? So, in 16 to 39-year-olds in Israel, there's a 25% jump in emergency, emergency medical services for heart problems after getting the COVID vaccine. The vaccination rate is among the highest in the world in Israel. This is peer-reviewed, Okay. And MIT has published this. It was published last week in the Nature journal Scientific Reports. The study found no association with COVID infections, however. So, in other words, there's been there's been a, a a movement, if you will, to say that the cardiovascular issues that we're finding is because of COVID itself and not from the vaccine. Well, this MIT study says we found no correlation with COVID and this increase in uh, emergency medical services for cardiovascular issues, but we did find it with vaccinations. While not establishing causal relationships, the findings raise concerns regarding vaccine-induced, undetected, severe cardiovascular side effects and underscore the already established causal relationship between vaccines and myocarditis, a frequent cause of unexpected cardiac arrest in young individuals. Which is This is not up for debate anymore. Anybody out there who's telling you that Young people who get the mRNA vaccines don't have uh, myocarditis issues. They're just lying to you. That is somebody who's not serious and you should not listen to anything that they say. The research adds more fuel to the legal and grassroots campaigns against compelled vaccination. An Italian administrative court deemed a vaccine mandate a nursing student's unconstitutional, citing nearly 10,000 reported deaths from various COVID vaccines in the European Medicine Agency's uh, Endra Vigilance Monitoring System but referred the case to the country's constitutional court. Published in late March, a 53-page ruling only drew attention in the U.S. last week, when an anti-vaccine mandate group translated a portion of it. Just the News ran the ruling through the Google Translate system, which said in part that the reported death count exceeds the normal and therefore tolerable risk permitted under vaccine mandates. Meanwhile, American Airlines pilot Robert Snow blamed his cardiac arrest six minutes after landing a 200-passenger flight on April 9th to his compelled vaccination back in November. I will probably never fly again, he said. So we've covered a lot of this, obviously, over the years. But once again, one week, two studies, two different countries, one in Israel, one in Denmark, both show the mRNA vaccines lead to increased risk from heart issues. Both of them. Now, again, if this were at any other point in history, this would have been something that you would have seen all over the news. I've obviously written many articles about scientific research and how scientific research is often manipulated. This is something I've done my entire career. One of the things that we always find is if there is anything that is commonplace in our society that could potentially be linked to harm, The news runs with it. It's one of those, if it bleeds, it leads sort of a scenario. They've been telling you falsely that your cell phone is going to give you brain cancer for the beginning, since the beginning of cell phones. There is zero evidence that it will actually increase the chance of getting brain cancer or brain tumors or anything else. There's no evidence whatsoever at all. But I did an article about this where we did an investigation because two studies came out in two weeks and you had in one study, you had the results that said it increases brain cancer. And the other study, it says, it doesn't increase brain cancer. Now, the one that said that it increased brain cancer was a very, very small lab sample. It wasn't a peer-reviewed study. It wasn't a clinical trial. It was a very small lab sample, one in which the control group got cancer too, okay? So none of the results in that study were legitimate. None of them. It never should have gotten airtime, but that got pushed everywhere. It was all over the nightly news, on the cable networks, on your networks, uh, your local news. It was everywhere. It was all over the first several pages of Google search. Whereas the other study, which showed that there isn't any link between brain cancer and cell phone use, was the largest, most elaborate study done on the issue in human history. No coverage. None. Two links in the first couple of pages of the Google search results. That's it. So you had one very, very terrible, not even a study, just a lab result that was rife with issues, it was laughed at by the scientific community, but the news media ran with it, whereas the other one, which was actual science, showed no correlation whatsoever with cell phones and brain cancer. That one got no coverage. Why? It wasn't sexy. That's the, that's the issue. The news media wanted to tell you your cell phone was killing you because that was going to get you to tune into the news that night. In a normal news cycle, if a common vaccine that everybody's being given has been directly linked now dozens of times and dozens of studies all over the world to giving kids heart issues, that would have been a headline story everywhere in a normal news cycle. But they're burying it right now because they don't want anybody to mess with their cash cow. Friendly reminder, this news broadcast is brought to you by Pfizer. MNC news time is five thirty-one. time to check out. Not for real. Amelia, it's just a running joke. It's a whole, maybe I'll play it on the back end of this thing. So people understand what I'm saying. Sorry. I always assume people know what I mean, but they don't. MNC news time is five thirty-one. time to check out impress jewelry creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime.